What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Noah Strackbine, joined every Monday and Wednesday by my main man, Stephen Thompson. Find us on YouTube.com slash All Steelers Talk or subscribe anywhere you get your podcast today. Fully loaded show in a fully loaded week three of Steelers OTAs. Their final two roster spots have been filled. Predictions on the AFC North are a little bit shocking this early in the summer. And then we got an exclusive one-on-one interview with Joey Porter Jr. talking about his fellow rookie corner, Corey Trice, and the bond that they have already created. Plenty to talk about. Gorgeous day in the Berg. I made sure to get out there for a nice early morning walk. Oh, look at you. I know. I know. I felt so productive. It's going to be a great day. Or it's going to be a miserable day. And the highlights, the uh going to be the walk. Either way, yeah, yeah I'm all good about it. I'm I did that a, about it. I did that a couple times last week. I like took like half hour walked around my neighborhood i saw places yeah. that i've never seen before like in my neighborhood just like two <laughs> blocks up from my house it was nice south was nice. south side morning walks might be a little scary that might be uh, i did not feel different. scared it was it was nice it was nice. Yeah, I mean, you live there you live there somebody said it the other day they were like does steven enjoy living in south side i was like yeah steven's 20 22 23 he's a yeah. Yeah, he's still very yeah, much. This so. is like a playground for me. This is yeah. this is a place to live. Um, yeah, if you ask the older people, they're like, "Oh gosh, scare crime, crime everywhere." You That's ask people my age. You ask people who just don't live in Southside my age, and it it they have different opinions than me. But I promise, it's very nice here. <laughs> I promise. I'm glad. I'm glad that you got out. It's uh, the early morning walks are great. It's it is a beautiful day in the Berg. We're back. Week three of OTAs. One week away from minicamp before the longest break that the Pittsburgh Steelers will take what seems like a year before football actually returns. But it, every day is more exciting. I want to start with the Steelers' two roster spots. They went out. They released wide receiver Cody Crest. He lasted five whole days on the Pittsburgh Steelers roster. Shout out to Alan Saunders. I watched that guy. I watched Alan Saunders, Steelers now, interview Cody Crest for a good 10 minutes. Like, And then came over and he's like, dude, that guy went to Harvard and blah, blah, blah. I had the whole life story. Never got to write the article unfortunately, yeah. before he before he went out there. I'm sure it would have been a good one. They replaced him with Jared Williams, former Philadelphia Eagle, the like 14th Philadelphia Eagle to join the Pittsburgh Steelers roster this offseason, played on the uh, Detroit Lions practice squad a little bit last year as well. He was an undrafted free agent in 2022. And then they also signed Virginia State running back Darius Hagens. He was an undrafted free agent this class who originally signed with the Indianapolis Colts, now ends up in Pittsburgh. You got thoughts on these two? I won't. I won't lie to you. I'm gonna let you go first, but I'm gonna be. Uh, I got some harsh feelings about the Steelers' final two roster spots. Yeah, if you if you want to hear Noah just go on a rant, just listen to us to go that I think he put out <laughs> earlier today. But I I think I tend to agree with you. Um, a left tackle and a running back without kick return experience. That's kind of what it boils down to for me. Um, yep. I I you know independent of what these guys can actually do on the football field and what their talent says about them in a vacuum. These are just not positions of need. Um, if you were maybe looking at a backup center or, you know, again, someone who could return kicks, uh, someone who, you know, thought could contribute on special teams in that way, that's a different thing. But I, I don't know. These just another left tackle and a, and a straight running back. Like I, you've got players there, you've got options there. And if you don't like those guys, I don't know, that's a little concerning in its own. But if you're just signing these guys to sign these guys to like fill the and you don't want to overreact to the 89th and 90th you know spots on the roster for yeah, yeah. at this point in the year, but it just doesn't make any sense to me uh, whatsoever. No, no, a hundred percent. And Darius Hagens makes 
maybe some sense as like that 89th spot just to have another running back just to just to add competition if you don't because like let's be honest Jason Huntley's not gonna make a roster spot unless he splashes but that name is if you ask 10 Steelers fans who Jason Huntley is seven of them will have no idea Anthony McFarland's probably the favorite right now but the Steelers just never want to give that guy a fair shot uh Alfonso Graham another undrafted guy maybe he makes another splash I think the Steelers liked him at rookie minicamp so you bring this guy in my thing with HBCU guys is that they don't really get a fair shot in the NFL draft process. I think that they're overlooked all the time. So to come here and get an opportunity, I don't mind it. I would mind it much less if they used the 90th spot on a quality position of need instead of your sixth offensive tackle if you're not including Spencer Anderson, because that's where I'm at at this point. Like you look at the offensive line. Who's sticking out during the season? If they don't get rid of Kevin Dotson, it's going to be Mason Cole, James Daniels, Chuksa Korfor, and Isaac Isaac Siamalu and Dan Moore Jr. as your starting five as of right now. Broderick Jones is a is a guaranteed stay. Nate Herbig is a guaranteed stay. Kevin Dotson is a guaranteed stay. Those are three backups already. If you're going to keep Spencer Anderson to be a guy who could play center and offensive tackle. There's your fourth back. You have nine offensive linemen on your 53-man roster. That's enough. That's all you're going to keep. You're not going to keep more than that. Most teams don't even keep that. And then one of those guys has to be inactive. So to bring in another guy, just to, like it's not even like a competition. Like It doesn't right. add competition anywhere. You're, Raven Clark and Dylan Cook are competing for those final offensive tackle spots with Spencer Anderson. Kendrick Green's fighting for an interior spot. There's just uh, and then you got the guys from last year and Ryan McCollum, Will Dunkel. Those are practice squad guys that you're probably going to keep again this season. Like there's just no there is no spots left on the offensive line. It's like they had the Steelers to a point went a little too overboard on the offensive line and building those trenches. And I think this is it. Like, it's just like, all right, we got it. It's cool. That was your top priority is to build an offensive line. We're proud of you. We're glad that you did it. At some point, you got to just stop. Like, you got to be like, all right, there's another 23 positions on this or 21 positions on this uh, on this roster, I guess, like 16 positions on this roster after the five offensive linemen. Mm. You could go and fill one of those maybe, maybe at a sixth inside linebacker so that you don't have to have all five of those guys immediately make the roster with zero competition. Maybe right. add a safety, like you said. Like, there's just better positions to add than a guy who clearly isn't going to make this team. Right, and it, it seems like adding competition for the sake of competition without, you know, adding competition where there needs to be competition. Like, yep. I, I think there's a pretty good consensus about, maybe not, maybe less so at running back, but on the offensive line, like, I, I would feel pretty comfortable naming, you know, exactly who's going to make the roster from this group of guys that they have right now. Yep. Running back less so, but that's more at the back end. Like you, you, both these positions are really set. And Mm -hmm. like, if you want competition add it somewhere where these guys can actually compete, Um, like it feels like a little bit of a disservice to, to especially Williams, but, and also to Haggins too, but like just bringing them in for a tryout that doesn't really feel like they have a fighting chance of even winning, you know? Yep, exactly. And that's the thing. Like Anthony McFarlane has such an upper hand because he is a kick returner. Alfonso Graham, could kick return as well. He's been working there and like, that's going to give him an upper hand. Why do you need four running backs to compete for the third running back spot? When you have, again, 
zero inside linebackers competing for the fifth inside linebacker spot. Like it's just Chappelle Russell. That's it. That's all you got. Like, you know, you don't have any competition at safety. You, It's just, it just doesn't make a ton of sense to me to look at your roster right now and to, and to like, it's almost as if they gave up, like they went out and they wanted Quan Alexander. They wanted Marcus Gilbert or not Marcus Gilbert, Marcus Golden, excuse me. They got one of those two. Quan Alexander didn't work out and they just said, all right, well, you know, we might as well just grab whoever's left right. on the market. And I don't think that they had the cap space to go make another splash. I do think they had the capabilities to, you know, do something like go sign somebody that it doesn't have to be a name. It didn't have to be impressive. It just had to be a position that offers more value than your third running back spot and your seventh offensive tackle position on the roster. Like it just, just doesn't, just doesn't make sense. Um, we'll see. Like I, like I have been saying what, like I'll continue to say, you know, these guys, once training camp rolls around, there's a dozen moves made every single week. Like a guy goes down, you immediately look to replace that guy on the open market. You know, the 90th, the, the 80th through the 90th spots are really not, you're not secure. You're at that point. You could be caught any day. We've seen it. We'll see it again. So I'm sure these guys won't last very long, but just the premise of it, like, you know, you, if there's still an option out there, I think you had better, you could have yeah. had better ideas on how to do this. Absolutely. Um, I do want to talk about Joey Porter Jr. I talked to him one-on-one yesterday about Corey Trice. Those two are already clicking. I actually caught them kind of joking around on the field. And I was like, Ooh, this is a, uh, this is a little tidbit. Joey Porter Jr. Talking a little smack to Corey Trice. Love that one. And then we got two big names in the media industry who believe that the Pittsburgh Steelers might walk away winners of the AFC North. But first we got a word from our boys over at, at Manscaped friends, family, and loved ones. I bet you haven't purchased a father's day gift yet. Have you? Not to fear, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming are here. I'm talking about our friends at Manscaped. They're saving the day yet again with the total package for the father figure in your life. It's time to upgrade his game from waist to face with this exclusive offer. Have him join the 8 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get 20% off plus free shipping with our code STEALERS20 at manscaped.com. Let's start with the ultimate Father's Day MVP the Performance Package 4.0. Inside this package, he'll find their signature lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, brand new Weed Whacker 2.0 ear and nose hair trimmer, Crop Reserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold his goodies. And we cannot forget about the moneymaker of moneymakers. Manscaped has absolutely changed the game with their new Beard Hedger Pro Kit for fathers around the world. Included in this Beard Hedger trimmer, Beard Hedger shampoo and conditioner, Beard Oil, Beard Balm, and two free gifts with their signature beer comb and scissors. We all know dads love their comfort. If his grooming routine is already dialed, make sure to hook him up with Manscaped's Boxers 2.0. These are without a doubt the best boxers for men of all ages. Whether he's mowing the lawn, taking out the trash, or golfing in the sun, these moisture-wicking boxers breathe without breaking a sweat. Get 20% off and free shipping with our code STEALERS20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com, and all you have to do is use our code STEALERS20. Make this Father's Day one he won't forget with Manscaped. Gotta love him. Uh, did, uh, did definitely get Big Don 
some uh, Manscaped as I do the last two years. Not how long we've been Manscaped? Two years. I just collect things. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just mm-hmm. like, all right, all right. I don't need a fourth ear and nose hair trimmer that I have in the last six months. We'll just, we'll keep this one to the side. Right. And That's I know so. everyone can see my, you know, wonderful beard right here, but my dad has a much <laughs> more, he has a much more full one. So I might end up uh, giving him some of that, some of that beard trimming stuff or beard cleaning stuff that, that I get. The beard, the beard setup is, uh, is where it's at the boxers. I won't lie. I would steal all the boxers. They're the most comfortable boxers. Yeah, they are pretty nice. Yeah. In the world, hands down. All right. Let's talk about Joey Porter Jr. Corey Trice. I have a, an exclusive little one-on-one snippet here. Show you guys Corey or uh, talk to Joey Porter Jr. about his relationship with Corey Trice. Let's check it out. How close have you guys kind of gotten over the last like month? Oh man, we we gotten close. That's my guy. That's little bro over there. You know, uh, he he a couple months older than me, but that's little bro over there. So you always gotta keep him in check. Gotta show him how where to go, how to how to use the restroom and stuff like that. No, I'm joking, <laughs> but now we 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 close, man. That's my dog, definitely. Nice. Did you guys know each other before you you got here? Or no, nah, never. But you know, uh, we were both just welcoming to each other. Uh, we already knew what it was when we came in the building. We gotta get each other better, and that's what we try to do every day, just trying to get each other better. I know. That you're focused on your development but does it help like to have another guy that's also a rookie that's like i mean levi described you guys as just freaking ginormous so yeah. like you know what i mean like does it help to have that kind of like that same body type to, to develop together yeah definitely and when he do something on the field that's good it motivates me to want, want me to up him and do something and this is vice versa uh it's never bad blood it's always good good competition at the end of the day because we both know it's one goal at the end of the day that's just to get better so uh, we always try to try to make each other better you listen to that I think the biggest thing that stood out is that they are kind of feeding off of each other. They're already bonding, even though they didn't know each other. A lot of guys come into the league and they're like, oh, yeah, I knew of this guy. These two. I talked to Corey Trice, too. He was like, yeah, I had no idea who Joey Porter was. <laughs> and I was like, cool. That's that. You noticed the giant man across the field every time you were sitting on the sideline. And yeah. same to Joey Porter Jr. But it, to have those guys, those two giant corners that you hope to be the future of the Pittsburgh Steelers already clicking, already feeding off of each other, already joking on the sidelines. I mean, you know, for a team that hasn't had a cornerback room like they have right now in a long time, it's got to feel good, right? Yeah. I was going to say, doesn't this just give you like a warm and fuzzy feeling? Like, I don't don't know about you, but like when I, when I think about like my favorite teams and like, you know, what I want from them, like it's, it's really nice when, your two big stars or pretty much everyone on the team like gets along and it's very clear that they're like friends and that they encourage each other and that they're good to each other like regardless of what happens on the football field I feel like that's a nice thing to have right now just like Corey Trice and Joey Porter are friends and like you hope that they're going to stick around for a while and it would just really be a bummer if they didn't like each other and didn't get along but it seems like they really like each other so you know independent of everything else that's just nice to hear Um, but then also like this is the future of your cornerback room right here. Like you invested a lot in these two guys. You did it for a reason. Like this is, this is the future right here. So for them to get off to such a good start, um, at least, you know, emotionally and personality wise is, is really nice too. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I was, will say this, I talked to, so Joey gave me much better answers than Corey did on this relationship. Mm-hmm. Corey was, Corey was the same, but he was, you know, he was like, he, he straight up told me and he was very honest. And I appreciated that. He was like, I, I'm definitely enjoying building a bond with Joey Porter Jr. And, you know, we're clicking and I'm excited about it. He's like, but at the same time, like, I am not guaranteed to make this roster. Like, I have to. And I think that's the biggest difference is I talked to Joey and he had those jokes about, yeah, when Corey makes a big play, I want to come back and make a big play too. 
Corey looks at it like I have to make all the big plays, you know, because Mm -hmm. they're just in different spots. And I think that also helps as you look at you look at Joey Porter and he's the guy that, you know, he's he's looked at right now as a guy who should make an impact on this team in 2023. Like he could be a starter as a rookie. He is the future. He's it. Corey Trice should be the future. The Steelers want him to be the future. The fans love him. But he's not a lock by no means to be on the 53 man roster. And he's got to continue to impress because that's just where they, you know, drafted at different spots. Joey Porter Jr. is a second round pick, 32 pick overall. Corey Trice Jr. is the 241st pick, seventh round pick. You know, that guy's got to fight a lot harder than Joey Porter Jr. To have that balance, I think is huge because you come into you came into the offseason, you had nobody to build. Nobody in that cornerback room. It was Patrick Peterson and Levi Wallace. You left the NFL draft and you have your key piece that you hope contributes right now, who could be an impact player, who could be a star, the whole nine. And then you also have a guy that you want to develop into that next building block. You know, you have the foundation in Joey Porter Jr. Corey Trice adds to it, even if it's not this season. And I think that's huge. And I think that also to have those mindsets, you know what I mean, for Corey to understand that and Joey to also understand that you see the dynamic. And I think that's just going to help even more. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Like Joey, I think Joey's also in a position to, I don't know, not feel threatened, I guess, by competition. You know, yeah. like Corey's bringing a really intense like brand of competition to to that cornerback room, and Joey is embracing it and taking it in stride and understanding. Look, Corey needs to do this. Corey, this this is just who he is, and and I, you know, I feel like there is a sense of that. Uh, there's an iron as sharpens iron yep. type, type of attitude there, where when Joey said where Joey feels like. I push him he is only going to get better you know like I'd, I won't look bad when Corey makes a big play and Corey won't necessarily look bad when I make a big play if we're both making plays everything will work out and and we'll both you know kind of be there for each other yeah a hundred percent do you uh do you fall under the notion that you know what like what 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 does what does Trice have to actually do to become a part not a part of the defense yeah but like yeah a part of the defense like this season for him to actually contribute on the field what does he have to show in training camp well I think he just has to show I don't know minimal mistakes that sounds really simple but just play a little bit he's a bit of an older player if I understand correctly like he's he's a more experienced guy yeah yeah so he's I I don't know just try to minimize those like rookie mistakes you know I, I think that's the best way he'll he'll see the field and be a contributor is if he shows that he's not, you know, I feel like with Joey Porter, you'll be able to live with, you know, his reputation coming out of Penn State was good player, but a little handsy sometimes. Like he yeah. can afford to maybe draw some pass interference penalties or stuff like that. Trice, it's got to be really solid tackling. It's got to be no penalties. It's got to be smart decisions, no blown coverages, stuff like that. Those are the kind of things that I think Joey might be able to get away with just because he's got, you know, he's a bit of a step up in talent. Yep. Corey, I feel like, solid you know don't have to be spectacular but you got to be solid yeah I agree I agree you can't like it's like it's it's all those guys and for Corey it's probably a different level like he's not a guy he is fighting for a roster spot but he's not these undrafted guys you know what I mean where if you make one mistake chances are you're not making this team he can probably make a mistake and still stay on the team but he will then remove himself from being a contributor early in the season by the end of the season maybe things change you know what I mean we don't know how everybody's going to play out what injuries are going to happen but if you're going to walk into week one and Corey Trice is going to see any time on the field, which I think fans want that, like people are 
people blow up our YouTube comments and I have a hard time disagreeing with them because right now we don't know, but a lot of them are Corey Trice is going to start by the end of the season. He's going to be the starter. And I think Levi Wallace is very good and kind of getting a little disrespected in this argument because I mean, the guy had four interceptions last season, looked pretty good. He's uh, kind of like a role model. These guys like Corey Trice and Joey Porter Jr. Both told him like, dude, I look, I like watched you like you're the tape I studied. And I was like, that's, you know, that's wild. But that shows that, yeah, you got a reputation in this league. I think that for Corey to, you know, early in the season become that part, you're right. He can't make any mistakes. You know, he can't be getting beat. When he gets those opportunities against the first team, he's got to make a play. Like, it doesn't have to be this guy is, you know, coming up with interceptions on Kenny Pickett every single down, but that helps. I mean, a couple of years ago, Joe or James Pierre was – was the guy, you know, like when his breakout, his second season in the league, he was coming off the, he he beat out Justin Lane at the end of the year, started a game, I believe. And then he comes into year two and he's picking Ben off in training camp left and right. He's just having, he's having a great training camp comes into week one starts. And I think Corey Trice could have that same, not, he's not going to start, but he could build himself into that rotation as long as he, you know, shows that like, oh yeah, no, I could, I could do this against the ones, you know, and he'll get minimal opportunities to do so. So he's going to have to take advantage of them as we move forward. But I think it's a good start. I think, you know, to hear that, that was pretty cool. Like, I think, I think the best part is like this, the picture that's in that them talking is Joey, like literally talking smack to Corey Trice. Mm -hmm. And, and I was just like, this is, this is great. This is great timing. Um, and, And, you know, to have that dynamic, definitely pretty cool. All right. Last thing I want to talk about, the AFC North. It is so beyond early to start predicting Super Bowl winners, even though we have named the Steelers a champion, at least at least I have, like five times on this show already, and I'll continue to do so. Michael Robinson of NFL Network and Matt Vertermain of Sports Illustrated both said that the Pittsburgh Steelers are sleepers and that they expect them to win the AFC North this season. I mean, overreaction, feel pretty good about it. What's your thoughts? I don't know if I would have put it expect to win the AFC North on that, but I think the Steelers, like, to talk about it in betting terms, like, they'd be a great value, you know? Yeah. Um, I think this is one of the most, among the, like, real competitive divisions in football, you know, not talking, like, AFC South or um, what are the other, NFC South too, like, the you know, those really bad divisions that anyone can win because everyone's going to win, you know, anywhere between six and nine games. Uh, I think this is one of the most competitive, but most also most wide open divisions in football. Um, partially just because of the, the rivalries that exist in between, uh, you know, in it and the level of football that like gets played and the quality of the games that get played. But I also think they're, a lot of really good teams, like even the Browns, who I think are the least serious organization in this division, and maybe you know, probably maybe and the, <laughs> probably the least talented, maybe not the least talented team. Yeah, but, on paper, probably the most talented, but yeah, doesn't uh, doesn't meet the value. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, I generally think they're the worst team in this division. Even then, yeah. I, I think they could win. You know, seven, eight, nine games. Like that's not out of the question. Um, yep. I, I don't mind picking the Steelers at all. Like, I don't think – I think it's entirely possible that the Steelers could could pick off the Bengals once, even twice. Like, all of their games last year with a much worse roster, I don't think the Bengals changed that much. 
mm-hmm. like noticeably from their roster a year ago. I think they have a good chance to to take one or even they're going to take at least one from the Bengals. Yeah. They could take two. Ravens, I think, is the same deal. Like you always play Lamar tough, um, even with him there. Uh, and and then you they they split their two games last year, if I remember correctly. Yeah, right? with Baltimore, Mitch Trubisky. That was the Mitch Trubisky coming and right throwing two picks. Yeah, yep. So like yep. you you're one less Mitch pick away from sweeping them. I, yep. I don't hate this at all. Um, I think the Steelers got better in a you know i guess you can consider adding lamar as getting better to for the ravens i don't know how you judge that but yeah i think the steelers the made i think the steelers made the most drastic step forward this offseason so i don't i don't hate these picks at all yeah i agree i agree i think that i look at cleveland and i say deshaun watson carries everything and you know don't get me wrong i, I saw something this morning that said deshaun watson shines on day one of minicamp and i thought cool 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 Lamar De- or, uh, Deshaun Watson should be shining on day one of minicamp. He's a veteran. He is a playoff winning quarterback. The dude was paid like the greatest quarterback of all time. He should be impressing in minicamp. But I think everything li- rides on him. And I'm, you know, seeing is believing. And that's right. that's the end of it. Uh, you know, until Deshaun Watson shows me that he could turn this Browns organization around, I'm not going to believe it. Uh, Lamar, that's the same question. Like, is the offense going to be better? Is Odell Beckham junior going to be around for all 17 games we have no ideas Lamar going to be healthy you know how's that defense going to look you just lost Marcus Peters and he's still on the market and we have no idea what's going to happen there a lot of questions and then Cincinnati Cincinnati which is like if that's your that's the obstacle is if you could beat the rest of them or if you could beat Cincinnati you know chances are you got a shot like if you have a winning record at the end of the season if you have 10 plus wins and you swept Cincinnati you got really good odds of walking away with the uh, with the AFC North. FanDuel, BetGM, Caesar Sportsbook, and Bet Rivers all have the Steelers with the lowest odds. So, like, you know, the payouts the highest, obviously, but the lowest odds to win the AFC North. It's like plus five hundred on Caesars and FanDuel, and plus six hundred on BetGM and Bet Rivers. Which is, I mean, like even the jump for like the Cleveland Browns on FanDuel are three ninety, which is if I could just bet for the Steelers to finish ahead of the Browns, I would take yeah, that. Yeah, that would be the bet. Them. Easy, yeah. easy, easy. I mean, but even Baltimore is a plus two forty. Like at that point, you're like, there's a shot. There's a real shot. So mm-hmm. even if these guys view it, I, I think that you also have to take like Vegas always knows something, you know, and. I don't think that they I think that right now they have to just go off of paper and paper tells you that the Steelers have the worst team in the AFC North. And I could agree with that one. You know, like when you when you are in a division where Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson and Joe Burrow are the quarterbacks and you're rocking in here with seven touchdowns, nine interceptions, Kenny Pickett doing the worst offensive coordinator in football. It's got to be you got to be realistic about these betting odds. But I think that there's two things that you have to keep in context. Mike Tomlin which he's Mike Tomlin and that year after like, we're not talking the Super Bowl, We're not talking a playoff run. We're not talking. We're talking about winning the AFC North. Mike Tomlin. That is, that plays a huge, that is the biggest factor in the AFC and the Steelers defense. I think in my opinion, got significantly better than they did a year mm-hmm. ago. And if TJ Watts stays healthy for a whole season, like you got to remember he missed 10 games and the Steelers went like two and eight in right. those 10 games. Like if he stays healthy for a whole year, I mean, maybe the Steelers could, you know, they have a, a cakewalk of, of, uh, of a schedule on paper, at least 
You know, they don't, if, especially if San Francisco doesn't have a quarterback by week one, you know, no idea. If Sam Darnold walks onto the field at Acrosure Stadium in week yeah. one, you're starting the season as good as you could possibly start the season. Right. Like, you're just like, here it is. You know, it's only uphill, it's only downhill from here. I just think that everything's in front of them to have an opportunity. If I'm betting, though, like, I'm not. Oh, Joey, yeah. Our Joe Burrow holds too high of a ground for me to say, right. yes, you know, I think they're going to win the AFC North. I just, Maybe second, you know, and maybe it's a tight competition, but the right, Bengals are the Bengals. That's the other thing. I, I don't think the Bengals are going to run away with, like, whoever wins this. Di- I, I think the Bengals are going to win this division, and however yeah. many games they win, I don't think they're going to run away with it. I, I no. don't think they're yeah, going I to. I don't think it's like, oh, they're going to win, win 14 games and everyone else is going to win 10 or something. Like, it's, mm-hmm. I, I think it'll be more like last year where they win 12 and then like someone wins 11, someone else wins 12, like 10, like it, it'll be tight. And I'd probably come down to the last week of the season. I'd have to imagine. Yeah. I, I think the same thing. And I think that their schedule is going to be tough and they got to play some hard games. And I think maybe that works in their favor, but I think, you know, what's your, what, what's your mark? This is a good way to end this. What's your, like how many games do you think is puts you in competition to win the AFC North? If you're the Steelers, how many games you got to win? I think 12. I think 12 has got to be your, yeah, tw- your target. 12 is a good number. 12 is a good number. I think if you win 12, I think if you win around 12, like maybe, uh, I don't think 11 gets it done. Yeah. I think it's got to be 12 or higher. Like yeah. I, I agree. I think if you, you walk away with 12 wins, you got a fighting shot. If you walk away with 13, I think you got a real good shot. Like I think at that point, you oh, should yeah. be sitting pretty, you know, then four losses is, is tough. But, you know, like I said, you if, if they sweep the, if they sweep Cincinnati, Somehow, some way, if they could pull that off, I'd give them the division, and I'd feel oh, yeah. really, really good about that yeah. moving forward. But that's a huge if, huge, huge if. And the fact that they don't have that week one, let's light a spark. You know, Joe Burrow's coming off appendix surgery, yeah. whole nine. You know, yeah, changes. That, that is the other thing. They play the Bengals twice in four weeks. I think. I think yep. they play week twelve and week sixteen. So that's yep. like that's tough. That's tough. And 16, week 16 is going to be, I mean, everybody's fighting for a playoff spot. Yeah. Every single person is going to be fighting for a playoff spot. I will say this, that that is, that's Christmas weekend, I believe, at Acrisure Stadium. So people are going to be bumping. It'll be the day before Christmas. And like, the, if the Vegas game was insane on Christmas Eve when it was zero degrees outside, right. then the day before Christmas, when nobody's got Christmas Eve dinners to go to, at Acrisure Stadium is going to be even wilder. So I do think I do think there's a fighting shot. I don't know. I think it's early, but to get this to to gain the momentum, I think is good for the Pittsburgh Steelers to have people actually notice them is good for the Pittsburgh Steelers. It feels like a year ago we were trying to make up excuses about oh this is you know Mitch Trubisky's got a shot. Blah, blah. Now it's like this is the facts. This is what we're working with. This is what the Pittsburgh Steelers have to offer. Are they good enough with it? And I think you look at it on paper and you say yeah this is. This is better. This is better to work with than Absolutely. they were a year ago. So you got to feel good about it. With that, we're heading out of here. Thank you guys so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash All Steelers Talk, and check us out anywhere you get your podcasts. Check out all of mine and Steven's work at allsteelers.com and our pit coverage. It is recruiting month at insidethepanthers.com. I will be back on Friday with Derek. Enjoy another beautiful day in the Berg. Peace.